Chapter Thirty Eight of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Thirty Eight. Thrums during the twenty-four hours. Defense of the Manse. Hardly had I crossed the threshold of the mud-house, when such a sickness came over me that I could not have looked up, though Nanny's voice had suddenly changed to Margaret's. Vaguely I knew that Nanny had put the kettle on the fire, a woman's first thought when there is illness in the house, and as I sat with my hands over my face I heard the water dripping from my clothes to the floor. "'Why is that bell ringing?' I asked at last, ignoring all questions and speaking through my fingers." An artist, I suppose, could paint all expression out of a human face. The sickness was having that effect on my voice. "'It's the eye lick bell,' Sanders said, "'and it's almost as fearsome to listen to as last Nick's rain. I wish I can't what I rain it for.' "'Wish no such things,' said Nanny nervously. "'There's things it's best to put off kennin' as lang as we can.' "'It's that ill click at which have McBean that makes Nanny speak so doleful,' Sanders told me. There was to be a prayer meeting last night, but Mr. Dishart never came to it, though they rang till they waxed their arms. And now, if he says, it'll ring on by itself till he's brocked Hama a corp. The helicat says the rain's a dispensation to drown him in for neglect of duty. Sal, I would think little of the Lord if he needed to create a new sea to drown one man in. <laughs> Nanny, you cutty, there's no swearing. I defy you to find a single lonely oath in what I've said. "'Never mind, Effie McBean,' I interposed. "'What are the congregation saying about the minister's absence?' "'We can little except what Effie told us,' Nanny answered. "'I was at Tilly Drum yestreen meeting Sanders as he got out of the goal, "'and that awful owning began when we was on the belly's prize. "'We fucked our way through it, but not a soul did we meet, "'and wow would gang out the day that can buy that hama. "'Aye, but Effie says it's Kent in Thrums that Mr. Dishart has run off with. "'With an Egyptian.' "'You're war than her, Nanny,' Sanders said roughly, "'for you hae twa reasons for kennin' better. "'In the first place, has Mr. Dishart no keeped you in siller "'a the time I was awa, and for another have I no been at the manse?' "'My head rose now.' "'He guide to the manse,' Nanny explained, "'to thank Mr. Dishart for being so good to me. "'Ay, but Jean wouldna let him in. "'I'm thinking that looks gay, Gray.' "'Whatever was her reason,' Sanders admitted, Jean wouldn't open a door, but I kicked in at the parlor window and saw Mrs. Dishart in looking very cozy and lockin'. And do you think I would I seen that if ill had come o'er the minister? Not if Margaret knew of it, I said to myself, and wondered at Waman's forbearance. She had a skein of worsted stretched out on her hands, Sanders continued, and a young lady was winding it. I did not see her right, but she was not a Thrums lady. If you make beans, says she's his intended, come to call him to account, Nanny said. But I hardly listened, for I saw that I must hurry to Tammas Wamond's. Nanny followed me to the gate with her gown pulled over her head and said excitedly, Oh, Dominie, I warrant it's true. It'll be Bobby. Sanders doesn't suspect because I've told him nothing about her. Oh, what's to be done? They were both so good to me. I could only tell her to keep what she knew to herself. Has Rob Dow come back? I called out after I had started. "'Well, fry,' she replied. And then I remembered that all these things had happened while Nanny was at Tilly Drum. 
in this life some of the seven ages are spread over two decades and others pass as quickly as a stage play though a fifth of a season's rain had fallen in a night and a day it had scarcely kept pace with gavin i hurried to the town by the roods that brae was deserted as the country roads except where children had escaped from their mothers to wade in it here and there dams were keeping the water away from one door to send it with greater volume to another and at points the ground had fallen in but this i noticed without interest i did not even realize that i was holding my head painfully to the side where it had been blown by the wind and glued by the rain i have never held my head straight since that journey only a few looms were going their pedals in water i was addressed from several doors and windows once by charles yule dinna pretend he said that ye've walked in for the schoolhouse alane the rain chased me into this house yestreen and here it has kept me though i bide no further awa than tillylosh charles i said in a low voice why is the old lick bell ringing how you know heard about mr dishart he asked oh man that's lang thomas in the kirk by himself tearing at the bell to bring the folk together to depose the minister instead of going to woman's house in the school wind i hastened down the banker's close to the kirk and had almost to turn back so choked was the close with floating refuse i could see the bell swaying but the kirk was locked and i battered on the door to no purpose then remembering that henry munn lived in coat's trance i set off for his house he saw me crossing the square but would not open his door until i was close to it when i open he cried squeeze through quick but though i did his bidding a rush of water darted in before me henry reclosed the door by flinging himself against it when i saw you crossing the square he said it was surprise enough to cure the hiccup henry i replied instantly why is the isle lick bell ringing he put his finger to his lip i see he said imperturbably you've met her folk in the glen and heard frae them about a minister what folk mere than half the congregation he replied i started for glen quaharty twa hours syne to help the farmers you didn't see them no they must have been on the other side of the river again that question forced my lips why is the bell ringing canny domini he said till we're up the stair missy munker's lugs at her keyhole listening to you yow lie hendry mun cried an invisible woman the voice became more plaintive i kenna heap hendry so you may as well tell me ah look away at the bone ye high the shoemaker replied heartlessly and conducted me to his room up one of the few inside stairs then in thrums hendry's oddest furniture was five boxes fixed to the weight at such a height that children could climb into them from a high stool in these his bairns slept and so space was economized i could never laugh at the arrangement as i knew that betty had planned it on her deathbed for her man's sake five little heads bobbed up in their beds as i entered but more vexing to me was weary world on a stool in boy domini he said sociably sal you need to fear burning wet that water on you you're in mere danger o coming a boil i want to speak to you alone hendry i said bluntly you winna put me out hendry the alarmed policeman entreated mind you said in sich weather you would be friendly to a brute beast ay ay dominie what's your news it's welcome be it good or bad you would meet the townsfolk in the glen and they would tell you about mr dishart what you had heard oh sirs he's a lost man there would hae been a meeting the day to depose him if so many hadna gain to the glen but the morn'll do as weel the very woman is cursing him and the laddies has begun to gather stones he's married to an egypt henry i cried like one giving an order weary world step said henry sternly and then added soft-heartedly 
here's a bit of news that'll open missy munker's door to you you can tell her fly me that the bell's ringing just because i forgot to tie it up last night and the wind's shaking it and i win a gang out in the rain to stop it hi the policeman said looking at me sulkily she may open her door for that but it'll no let me in tell me mare tell me what the lady at the manse is out you go answered hendry once she opens the door you can shove your foot in and sign she's in your power he pushed world out and came back to me saying it was best to tell him the truth to keep him from making up lies but is it the truth i was told lang tammas ay i ken that story but tammas has other work on hand then tie up the bell at once hendry i urged i canna he answered gravely tammas took the keys of the kirk from me yestreen and when i gave them up he says the bell is being rung by the hand of god has he been at the manse does mrs dishart know he's been at the manse twa or three times but jane barred him out she'll let nobody in till the minister comes back and so the mistress kens nothing but what's the use of keeping a fry her any langer never use i said none answered hendry sadly dominie the minister was married to the egyptian on the hill last night and thomas was witness not only were they married but they've run off all together you were wrong hendry i assured him telling him as much as i dared i left mr dishart in my house what but if that is so how did he no come back with you because he was nearly drowned in the flood she be with him he was alone hendry's face lit up dimly with joy and then he shook his head tammas was witness he said can you deny the marriage all i ask of you i answered guardedly is to suspend judgment until the minister returns there can be nothing done at any rate he said till the folk themselves come back friday glen and i needna tell you how glad we would a be to be as fond of him as ever but tammas was witness have pity on his mother man we've done the best for her we could he replied we prigged with tammas no to gang the manse till he was sure the minister was living for if he has been drowned we said his mother need never ken what we're thinking of doing i and we're sorry for the young lady too what young lady is this you all talk of i asked she's his intended ay you need to start she has come at a road frying glass cold to challenge him about the gypsy the pitiful thing is that mrs dishart lodged away her fears and now they're baith waiting for his return as happy as ignorance can make them there is no such lady i said but there is he answered doggedly for she came in a machine late last night and i was i know a dozen that baith heard and saw through my window it stopped at the manse near half an hour what's mare the lady herself was at samuel for quarsons in the tenements the day for twa hours i listened in bewilderment and fear samuel's bairns dawn with scarlet fever and like to die and him being a widow man he is gone useless you maun blame the wives in the tenements for hodden back they're fleid to smite their ain little uns and as it happens samuel's friends is uh, off to the glen will he ran greeting to the manse for mr dishart and the lady heard him crying to jane to the door and what does she do but gang straight to the tenements with samuel her goodness has naturally put the folk on her side against the minister this does not prove her his intended i broke in she was heard saying to samuel answered the kirk officer that the minister being awa it was her duty to take his place yes and though she little kent it he was already married hendry i said rising i must see this lady at once is she still at farquharson's house 
she may be back again by this time tammas set off for samuel as soon as he heard she was there but he just missed her i left him there an hour sign he was waiting for her determined to tell her all i set off for the tenements at once declining hendry's company the wind had fallen so that the bell no longer rang but the rain was falling doggedly the streets were still deserted i pushed open the presenter's door in the school wind but there was no one in the house tibby burst saw me and shouted from her door ha you heard o mr dishilt he'll never dar show his face and drums again without giving her a word i hastened to the tenements the lady's no here samuel farquharson told me and thomas is back in the manse again trying to force his way in from samuel too i turned with no more than a groan but he cried after me perdition on a man that has played that lady false had margaret been at her window she must have seen me so recklessly did i hurry up the minister's road with nothing in me but a passion to take woman by the throat he was not in the garden the kitchen door was open jean was standing at it with her apron to her eyes thomas Wamond, i demanded and my face completed the question you're o'er late she wailed you were oh dominie whar's the minister you base woman i cried why did you unbar the door it was the mistress she answered she heard him shaking it and i had to tell her why it was dominie it's all my white he tried to get in last night and roared threats through the door and after he had gone a while she speared who i had been speaking to i had to tell her but i said he had come to let her ken that the minister was taking shelter friday rain in a farmhouse ay i said he was to bide there till the flood guide down and that's how she has been easy a day i acted for the best but i'm sair punished now for when she heard thomas at the door twa or three minutes syne she ordered me to let him in so that she could thank him for bringing the news last night despite the rain there in the parlour oh dominie gang him and stop his mouth this was hard i dared not go to the parlour margaret might have died at sight of me i turned my face from jean jean said someone opening the inner kitchen door why did you she stopped and that was what turned me round as she spoke i thought it was the young lady when i looked i saw it was babby though no longer in a gypsy's dress then i knew that the young lady and babby were one End of chapter thirty eight